on that day that Jesus rode triumphantly on that donkey. Women, men succumbed and worship, and they kept praising Hosanna to your name. This morning we have gathered just as those women, just as those Jews, to say Hosanna to your name. We give you all the praise and all glory. May the excellencies of your glory be revealed in us. Even this morning, as we come to remembrance your triumphant entry into Jerusalem, we pray that may you reveal yourself unto us. The Bible says that the entrance of the word brings light and giveth understanding to the simple. We pray in the name of Jesus that even as your word comes forth, may you give us understanding. Paul said that open the eyes of our understanding that we may be flooded with knowledge. We pray in the name of Jesus that abundance of knowledge will reign on us. And we agree with even the hymnist to say that how sweet the name of Jesus sound in the believers here is suit our sorrow. This morning we pray that may you suit every sorrow in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, the hymnist says that it heals every wound. We pray that even as your word comes forth, may you heal every wound. May you heal every infirmity. May you heal every disease in the name of Jesus. And we pray that your grace will abound even unto us this morning. And let your name be glorified. Even in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Give God praise. You want to welcome the next person to tell beside you and tell the person you are welcome to church. And just wish the person happy Palm Sunday. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this morning, the theme for reflection is suffering for a purpose, or suffering for purpose, suffering for purpose. And I would like to take my text from Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. I'll read from the King James Version. It says, Who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being formed, or, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Suffering for purpose. This is one of the things that when it comes to the church, it has become a very difficult thing to talk about. The body of Christ and Christians in general have become so um, reluctant towards the subject of suffering. And so many of us have thought that the fact that we are in Christ, we are exempted from suffering. But the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them all. So it is a wrong gospel for anybody to tell you that when you accept Jesus, it is the end to trouble. Hallelujah. 
the in fact the beginning of trouble is the acceptance of jesus the beginning of suffering is the point where you accept jesus praise the lord so we need to understand that this suffering we are talking about has nothing to do with our sufferings or the things we relate to when it comes to the fact that you don't have a job or the fact that you are going through a particular illness but it comes to light the afflictions and the persecutions we go through for the sake of the gospel praise the lord so paul told the church in ephesus in ephesians 6 verse 10 that be strong in the lord and in the power of his uh, of the mind the reason he asked them to be strong was in the next verse when he said that put on the full armor of god he understood the fact that there are battles we need to fight can i say this that the day you accepted jesus as your lord and personal savior was the day you were recruited into the army of god so the Bible says that put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand the fiery darts of the devil. So it tells you that the very day you said that Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior, is the beginning of trouble. It's the beginning of a battle against the enemy. But that battle against the enemy is for the sake of Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So our thing says that suffering for a purpose. So your suffering must come with the purpose. Hallelujah. And our text we read said that Jesus is seen as somebody who made himself of no reputation. Now we need to understand this, that Jesus, a simple definition I want to give you about Jesus is that Jesus is God who became a man to save man. Now the price for sin was not paid or the debt of sin was committed by man. And so there was no way a spirit could pay the sin again, to pay for that debt again. So there needed to be a man to pay for that debt. And God looking all over, he could not find any other man. The Bible says that, and God sought for a man who would stand in the gap and he found none. But he found Jesus. He found him worthy of one who would be able to pay the price for our sin. And so Jesus had to be lower himself, had to humble himself from his glory into man. The Bible says that he became sin for our sake, so that we also will become the righteousness of God in Christ. So the fact that Jesus came upon earth was something he dreaded. Now, even though salvation is free, salvation costs God a lot. In fact, some theologians believe that the word grace means that God's riches at Christ's expenses. So the riches of God at the expense of Christ. Salvation is God's riches at Christ's expenses. He needed to sacrifice a son for the sake of you and I. So it, it is free, but it costs God a lot. So for God to humble himself and bring himself that low to become a man, in fact, it was something he dreaded. It was one of the reasons why Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed to God that if it could be possible, let this cup pass me by. Because he dreaded to the fact that he could not think about the fact that how he would, was able to humble himself, to come lower. The Bible says that he descended into hell. So as big as God could be, needed to humble himself to descend into hell. And the whole reason was because of you and I. So we can't take the love of God for granted. 
unless we don't understand what Jesus did for us. It took him pain. He had to go through all these things. The persecutions he went through. People spat on him even to death. People did all kinds of things against him. We are about to enter into Easter. And so many of us, when we watch the, the movies that deals with the passion of Christ, we cry. Why do we cry? Because we cannot think and phantom how a man could lower himself into this. But that suffering he did was for a purpose. And that purpose was for our salvation. Hallelujah. That purpose, Jesus, that suffering he went through was for the salvation of you and I. Even on the cross, he said that, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. It tells us that he knew there was a purpose to what he was going through. And that definitely there was going to be a successful end. Every suffering you go through for the sake of the gospel has a successful end. Praise the Lord. Every suffering you go through for the sake of the gospel has a successful end. Many, of, many a times, so many of us, we go through certain things and it's like we act as if um, God is against us. The Bible says that by faith we please God. Let me say this. There is one thing that displeases God, complaints. Complaints displeases God a lot. When you go through a trial and a tribulation, the best thing you need to do is not to cry, but is to ask questions from God. The legitimate cry of a believer is prayer. It is the point where you ask God, what lessons am I supposed to learn from this? The reason you are repeating that same trouble, the reason you are repeating that same sin, is because you are not asking God questions about it. Because you are not asking God the lessons you need to learn from that thing. So you are going to repeat the same situation each and every year. You've been promised of marriage. You've been told by prophecy that you will marry this year. But it's like the year goes by and the marriage is not coming. And you keep to worry. Ask God a question. What is the lesson I have to learn here? Maybe there is a lesson you have to learn. That you are not so much prepared to be a wife's material. You are not so much prepared to be a husband material. There are certain things about the emotions God needs to work on you. But until you ask God those questions, you are continuously going to be in that trouble. Praise the Lord. As long as, as this donkey Jesus wrote on, when you read our third, our third reading, as this donkey that Jesus wrote on, there was a purpose to which why he had owners, but nobody took care of that donkey. The Bible says that it was a donkey that had been left in this array. Nobody cared for that donkey. But until Jesus asked the disciples to go for him, and there is one thing Jesus said, he said that when you go and they ask you, tell them that the master has need of it. There are some of you here, the Lord has need of you. And what you are going through is a test to your faith. What you are going through is a test to identify and to understand that indeed you are preparing. Let me say this, God will not take you beyond the valley of the shadow of death. He will take you through the valley of the shadow of death. The reason why you will go through the fire is not for the fire to burn you, but it's to refine you. For gold to come out, when they mine the gold, it doesn't just come out refreshed. It goes through fire. The fact that the gold is going through fire doesn't mean that it burns it. It refines it to be better. There are some of you that the pains and the trouble you are going through is for a particular purpose. And until we all come to that realization, to pray like Jesus prayed, that nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. 
to say that I am going through this thing, but nevertheless, nothing will hinder me. There are people who stop going to church because I feel like God is not hearing my prayer again. I came to tell you that whatever suffering you are going through is for a purpose. Paul said that the sufferings of the present time cannot be compared with the glory that exists to be revealed unto us. He said, for the, for the creation awaits the much manifestation of the sons of God. There is a time where your suffering will become a reality. There is a time where your suffering will bring you to a place where you understand that indeed what I went through was because of a purpose. And that is why this morning we are here to tell you this. That Jesus suffered for a purpose. It was because of salvation. There were men who suffered for the gospel. Today, if we are to call us, then let's go for evangelism. How many of us can say that even though I don't have a job, I will still stand for God? How many of us can say that even though I don't have a job, I will stand here to intercede for the church? How many of us can do that? By this time, when they are firing you from the workplace, whilst they are signing your resignation letter, it's not a time to cry. It's a time to plan the number of hours you are going to spend at Tachimota Forest to pray. And that is where the reason you are on church platforms and the reason why you are on all student platforms is not just to make friends. Get there. Let the people understand that you have a goal. Tell the people, please, is there anyone who has a prayer topic? Whilst I don't have a job, let me pray for those who have a prayer topic. I tell you, if you continue to pray, even the devil will find a job for you. He will regret ever making you lose your job. Because the prayers you will make in the midst of the trouble, there were men who stood for the gospel. Apart from Jesus, we see Apostle Paul going through all kinds of persecutions. The history says that James the Lest, he was a man who had a callous needs. Why? Because he kept praying always. He kept interceding for the world. He kept interceding for lost souls that their lives should be saved. But history says that at the time, James was placed on the pinnacle of a temple. In Jewish, their temples weren't like this. Neither was it like Wesley Cathedral. No, it was that higher than Wesley Cathedral. And he was placed on that pinnacle of the temple and was asked a simple question. Deny Jesus and let us free you. And even on that pinnacle of the temple, he continued to preach Christ. He said, I see Jesus. And they threw him from the pinnacle of the temple down. There were people who were guarded to stone James. And history says that even when they were guarded to stone him, he said, let me make one request. Help me go down on my knees and let me say a prayer for this lost world before you kill me. These were men who said that whether we perish or we don't perish, we will stand for Jesus. These were men who said that whether we die or we don't die, we will stand for Jesus. Apostle Paul said that now I am crucified with him and I am dead to him. The life I live in the flesh, I live not on my own, but I live for Christ Jesus. How many of us can say that what life I live, I live not for my own? So many of us live selfish lives. So all we care about is, Lord, I need a marriage. Lord, I need a car. Lord, I need a job. Fine, after a good marriage, after a good job, what is next? What is next? I keep, asking, I keep saying this. Why do Christians spend time to pray over the things unbelievers have that they didn't pray for? People were married before Jesus came. People were giving birth before Jesus came. They are unbelievers who got married two, three, four, five, and their marriages are successful. Why do we spend six hours? It's, it's not good, it's not bad. Nobody's saying don't pray for your request. 
But let's get to the place where we are entering into prayer and we are not asking God what we want. We have limited prayer to presenting a shopping list to God. And it's always about us. Our selfishness has taken over. And we forget to ask that there is a God. We are in a relationship with Him. And the relationship demands that when the bride says, or when the bridegroom says, I love you, the rate of intimacy is that such that the bride should also say, I love you too. What is the point? When Jesus is extending his love, and we have not yet come to the place where we say we love you too, where we come into prayer and it's like, God, what do you want from us? There are some of you here, God has raised you as watchmen over this church. God has raised you as watchmen over this world. The reason certain calamities are going on is because of your lack of prayer. It's because of your lack of understanding. It's because of your lack and your resistance to prayer. Stand in. God needs us to save this world. There are so many things going on and God needs us. The reason you are sitting here this morning is not only for your sake. How many of us can get out of this place and meet somebody out there and tell the person, this is the message I have this morning. I want to share with you. We live with people in the same house. We know that they don't attend church. But we wake up every morning and dress nicely and sit here. There is no point to suffering for the Lord. There is a point to suffering for the Lord. There were men who suffered. The reason we are seated here as Methodists was because there were some missionaries called Freeman. There were some missionaries called Downey who brought the gospel to Africa. Who brought the gospel to Ghana. And that is why today we are seated here. Those people had to go through different illnesses and sicknesses. But they did not look at those sicknesses and decided not to come. They still came through. How many of us in the midst of pain can still say that I will stand for God? I will stand for the gospel. Today is Palm Sunday. It's true. Today is Palm Sunday. We are entering into Easter. Let's not attach tradition to it. And let it be like, oh, it is something we continue doing every time. It is something we do every now and then. So there is no point. It's a tradition. What is it that you are doing for God? What is it that you are saying? That whether I have a child or I don't have a child, I will still praise my God. Whether I die or I don't die, I will still praise my God. Paul said, if I live, I live for him. Should I die, I die for him. There were men who stood for the gospel. John Gilead said, Lord, Give me Scotland or I die. There were people like John Wesley, our father. When he goes on evangelism and even his donkey falls, he leaves the donkey and still walk. Because there was a, a cry. There was this heart's desire to see the gospel go out. There was this heart's desire to see souls being saved. We see a lot of unbelievers, lost souls all around. And we are quick to judge these people. But we are not quick to preach the gospel to them. How many of us can do that? That in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our pain, nothing, 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 Apostle Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing should separate us from that love. This morning I came to challenge you. If Jesus suffered for your salvation, it is not, it does not end there. You must also suffer for the salvation of others. What got you saved has the right and the potency to equally get somebody saved. If somebody preached the gospel to you for you to be saved, there is a right and an obligation on you 
to also preach the gospel for someone to be saved. We keep reading Matthew 28, verse 19. But that scripture has nothing to do with men of God, neither pastors. In fact, the Bible says, He has called us. He said, We are a chosen generation, royal priests. So all of us are priests. You are a priest in your house, you are a priest in your workplace, you are a priest at your job site. How many of us can say that even when we attend a work summit and we are fasting and we are presenting all kinds of food, we will not break the fast in there and decide to eat? How many of us? Is our lives even portraying that we serve God in our workplaces? If people can say all kinds of things in your presence, in your workplace, then Jesus is not being portrayed in your life. Somebody should be able to say, hey, Somebody should be able to say that you are here and in your presence we can't say certain things like this because the very life of God is evident in you. We are being transformed into the image of Christ Jesus. And if it's a transformation into Christ, then we must equally live like Jesus. He suffered for a purpose. Your suffering must be for a purpose. The Bible says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. All other things shall be added. Whatever pain you are going through, whatever trouble you are going through. Paul said in Philippians 3 that I may know him. The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. One day, Benny Hinn said something. He said he was praying that prayer. Immediately he got to the fellowship of his suffering. He got convicted in his heart. Because he said, this fellowship of your suffering, Eddie, St. Francis of Assisi, if you like, when you go back, go and read. That man prayed that prayer. He prayed until the wounds of Jesus came upon his body. There were men who stood for God. There is a cry out on us. This present suffering cannot be compared with the glory that it should come. If your sufferings has nothing to do with Christ, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the situation where you are saying that even though I don't have money, that one will not be a reason I will not serve my God. You want to close your eyes and you want to tell God. We have left so much things and we have left things for it to go rotten. But this one we want to tell God. That Lord, we didn't know. We are sorry. We are sorry. He said, put on the full armor of God. We are recruits of God's armor. And if we perish, we perish. Can I have dedicated Christians who are saying, Lord, whether we perish, whether I die, whether I live, I live for God. Should I lose everything in this world, there is one thing I will not lose, my God. There is one thing I will not lose focus on, my God. You want to close your eyes and just speak to God. I am coming, Lord. Coming on to thee. Oh. 
Can marriage not be the reason you want to serve God? That whether the marriage comes or not, I will still stand for God. Whether I have the money that I want or not, I will still stand for God. I don't know what you want to do. But as for me, I want to live for God. I want to suffer for God. You are God's battle axe. You are that axe, that weapon God needs to destroy the fiery darts of the devil. When the enemy raises an accusation against God, God needs babes and sucklings to lift up praise as a counter against the enemy. And we are seated and we are quiet because of one trouble or the other. But if Jesus suffered for our salvation, we have every cause. He said the sufferings of this time, they cannot be compared with the glory that should, should be revealed. Lord, we are sorry. We are sorry we have replaced you with our needs. We are sorry that all our prayer life is bounded onto selfish abilities and we cannot pray like Jesus prayed. But we want to live a transformed life. You want to tell God finally that Lord, I present myself. He said, present yourself a living sacrifice. I present myself a living sacrifice for your work. For whatever purpose you have called me. The work is not just about standing here and preaching. The work is not just about standing here and leading literature or reading the Bible. Even at your workplaces, Jesus should be preached. If people can feel free and watch YouTube, even in their workplaces, movies. But Christians will go. And how many of us can watch several CD on YouTube? The funny comments they will pass because of that. I'm not going to watch it. Muslims are allowed to pray during work periods. But a Christian cannot also rise and say, it's 12 o'clock, I'm going to pray. Can we get to that place? Yeah. Oh,